Before we start today's episode of the I'm Fine podcast, we want to make sure to thank our partners at Trio. Are you anxious about the start of a new school year? Uh, Maybe you haven't been in school for a while and you're interested in going back or you're thinking about changing careers. The TRIO staff at Governor State University are the perfect people to help. TRIO can help with the financial aid process and scholarship searches. TRIO can provide fee waivers for admissions, applications, assist with admissions, application processes, online tutoring, help with GED referrals, and provide payments for the GED test. TRIO provides various avenues for career explorations as well as resume and interview preparation. TRIO can also help you understand and complete your FAFSA application. And FAFSA opens up in December, so make sure you get a head start right now. If you are ready to take the next step on your educational journey, contact TRIO at 708-235-3352 for more information or visit their website at www.govst.edu forward slash T-R-I-O-E-O-C. On today's episode of the I'm Fine Podcast, we are going to talk about being freaked out, insecure, neurotic, and emotional about giving all that we have to give. We're going to talk about the science behind being generous, the health benefits, and the negative side with our friend and CEO of Let's Catch Up, Mike Murphy. Welcome to the I'm Fine Podcast with your freaked out, insecure, neurotic, and emotional hosts, Eric Peterson and Brad Stozik. This time change. I didn't say anything to you yet, but this time change is really fucking with me, man. It's really hard for me right now. I feel like it's like way later than it is. And I really appreciate you coming out here because you told me you were like, dude, I don't, you said you go to bed pretty early. So I appreciate you being Full here for this. Old man schedule. Yeah, <laughs> so. it's great. But you wake up pretty early too. Yeah, I usually work up like 536. Yeah. So I didn't tell you this, uh, Brad, but I, I think the first time we met was at the gym for sure, right? It was, yeah, it was something strong man lifting related. Yeah, yeah we used to compete. Uh, I used to compete. I don't, are you still doing it here and there? You kind of took a break for a little bit. Yeah. Like my back every once in a while, I was like, okay, we can do this again. And then it's like, no, we can't. And then no, I stopped for can't. a while. It's pretty much how it works. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you were at the first contest I ever did, uh, which was at Tony's in St. Anne. And I made the worst mistake ever. Like the one mistake I never wanted to make, which was I started with a weight that was too heavy for my first rep. Oh yeah. And I couldn't get my first one. And like, that was my first time competing in a strongman competition. And I just, and you were nice to me back then. <laughs> so I just want to appreciate, I want you to know how much I appreciate your kindness. Oh, dude. I think that whole culture though is pretty, pretty good dudes, man. Just like everyone's pretty supportive, especially Tony doesn't put up with anything, anything different than that either. So that's cool too. I've talked about it on this podcast before. The strongman community was one of the, is one of the coolest communities to ever be a part of. And again, from my perspective, just on a super amateur level for a very brief amount of time, but everybody there is just super encouraging and yeah. they just want to see you do the most fucking weight you've ever done. They don't care what it is. You know what I mean? And it's I love that. Genuinely true. Yeah. Yes. And I, I even feel like at the pro levels, there's a little bit of that. Not as much, but I feel like they're... I mean, they want to beat each other because their livelihoods are on the line. But I feel like even for something that your whole life, like your livelihood is on the line there, they're still like, come on, man, you got it. So it's just a cool culture. I love that. So if you would not mind kind of telling a little bit about you, 
your upbringing, where you came from. Like, give us, give us all that shit, man. Okay. Well, uh, I'll give you the, like the high level. And then yep. if you want me to dig in, just let me know. Hell yeah. Um, so I was born and raised in New York city originally in Queens, New York. Um, have a great family. My family was super supportive for whatever reason. When I was younger, I like really excelled at making all the worst choices and hanging out with all the worst. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My poor mother, dude. Um, and so I kind of was a knucklehead and I, I, when I was younger too, I, I was like clinically depressed. It was just a lot of mental health stuff going on with me. Um, and I think some of that runs in my family too. And we're all Irish Catholic. So a lot of that stuff gets swept under the rug and self-medication is part of it. Right. So, you know, th I think there is a lot of that in my family and it, you know, just was never diagnosed, but my parents were, were really good parents and they, you know, tried to get me help. And I was clinically, you know, diagnosed clinically, clinically depressed, you know, when I was younger and had a lot of struggles, um, hung out with the wrong crowd, made all the, made all the bad decisions. And, uh, it was, it was a pretty big knucklehead. And my parents were like, well, if we don't get him on the right track, he's definitely going to go way off. And so when I was like, I want to say I was still 13, I was almost 14. They sent me to a boys home in Vermont. Uh, and it was a huge change because I don't know if you've ever been to Vermont, but no. there's not a lot of buildings. <laughs> Vermont is one of the states that I forget. It's a state sometimes like with yeah. New Hampshire yep. and like Connecticut. You're like, yeah. fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I'm literally, and my parents, they knew I wouldn't go because I was a knucklehead. So they were like, we're going on a ski trip. And then they were, then I, we drive up and I think, you know, I wasn't going to ski. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to ski, whatever. But I was kind of excited and kind of scared that I was going to fall and die or whatever. <laughs> but uh, we show up to this place and they, I think they said we were going to visit because they, they had gotten to the point where they were trying to scare me. We we're like, we're going to visit. We visited a military school. It's like, while we're up there, we're going to visit this place. And we go to this place and this guy, Neil Kidney, he was like the coolest dude ever. Anyway, uh, he was like showing me my room. Yeah. Cause he didn't know my parents didn't tell me. And so it was like, Hey, check out the check. This is where you're going to be staying. And I'm, I'm like starting to peep like what's going on. I'm like, wait a minute, what's going on here? So you didn't know they told you you were going skiing and we're going to visit a school. I think it was like a scare tactic. Oh shit. Yeah, dude. So, so we go up and then, uh, and they honestly, like in their defense, like it, I would not have gone. I would like ran away. I, right. I was a knucklehead. So yeah. like, this was like, this is what needs to happen. And my needed. parents made the absolute right decision. It's good that you can say that. And hundred percent, look back. Like, like yeah. they, they were good people. Yeah. I was a knucklehead. They did the right thing. hundred <laughs> um, percent. And so I, I realized, okay, I, I, we get to the office and Neil is a uh, former 82nd airborne. Nice. Uh, contractor his whole life, tough guy. And then like found God became a pastor and then decided to open a boy's home to help knuckleheads like me. And I like lose it in the office and like, you don't get this place. You didn't cuss. You didn't do anything like that. Right. So yeah. my parents were mortified and I'm like just cussing and screaming. And Neil is just unfaced. He's like, okay, you done, bud. That's what he would do. He's like, Hey bud, you done? And I was like, yeah, I'm done. And, uh, my, you know, my said goodbye to my parents and then he showed me my room. And then from that on, that point on, it's probably the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Um, my life totally turned around. Um, some of the best people, I'm just talking about giving back. Like this was the first example for me to get to see like people that were doing, were mission oriented, that were trying to do the right thing. 
for the exact right reasons. Neil worked a full-time job building churches for a company called Kogan industry. And then, and then lived there and worked there and had his family come in and like built this whole place with his bare hands. Cause he was a construction worker and a lot of boys lives were changed because Neil, Neil did that. You know what I'm saying? He yeah. was just a great dude. Um, so anyway, just, just kind of related back to what we're talking about giving back. Like that was the first example for me of someone that was just like selfless giving man, like his wife, came. Cheryl was awesome. Had to deal with all of us knuckleheads. Like all, you know, these, these people were just salt of the earth and it changed my life. How many, how many boys were at the home? Do you, like at, roughly at, at peak, there was like, there was like 20 to 25. I think Holy peak. shit. That's a lot. And I it was like. a day school because Cheryl had a master's in teaching. So she could have been making money at like a real school and because they're all from Cape Cod originally. So she could have been Cape Cod, Boston area making real money. They're in the, you know, ass crack of, Vermont. Yeah. Helping boys. That's awesome. They're just good people, man. Yeah. So how long were you there for? Four years. I, yeah. I literally did all of high school there and then went to college, went to Olivet. No shit. Yeah. Yep. How did you, did you come to this area because you came to Olivet or did you have other ties to this area? So it was Nazarene compassionate ministry is what it was. That was the boys home. They were like affiliated with the Nazarene church. Oh, and so this is all crazy. So, you know, John Adams, the VP of yes. Let's up, right? Yes. So co-founder, uh, his dad was our chaplain. His brother was my roommate, but his brother's only like a year or two older than him. So like John's in Vermont. Like in Vermont. Okay. So Paul Adams was his brother and he was going to Olivet. And I'm like, my parents were like, you probably should go to college. Like they were, they were pushing pretty hard and I didn't want to really want to go to college. And I, you know, it wasn't really going in a direction and they were nudging. I'm like, well, okay, well, what about this place? You know, I know people that are going, I'll just go. That literally was the extent of my, de my decision. So I go and that's how I ended up here in this area. Nice. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so then what happened that made you want to start? Let's catch up before we talk about what, what let's catch up is. Yeah. So, okay. When I graduated from college with a philosophy degree, which is Maybe one of the most useless degrees you can get. <laughs> uh, you don't really know much about philosophy. You could talk surface level philosophy at a coffee shop and like try and look cool, but you're not cool. <laughs> and there's no money until you get a PhD. And that's if you can get like a, like a teaching job, you know what I'm saying? Sure. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is why I was not going to do that. Well, what else can you do as a pro like with a degree in philosophy? You could teach. I think the other thing, one of my profs said you can do is you can, uh, review books for an editor or something like okay. that, which okay. was, wasn't very lucrative either. Yeah, so it wasn't right. like, there was not really like a great, you know, place, you know, anyway. So in my mind, you know, having Neil and all those guys as my kind of example, I wanted to do something, I wanted to give back. And of course, Indian Oaks was hiring and Indian Oaks is always hiring. So I started there and worked there for about, I think two years. And then it was Camelot. And so just to answer your question, like I felt like the job that I was doing was giving back. So I was like living out my values. All right, I'm getting paid, but I'm also like doing something that I think is meaningful and valuable and giving back to the community. Yeah. Uh, after working in that field for, I think just under eight years between Camelot and, uh, you know, special education and, and, you know, residential mental health stuff. I started, you know, I moved to applied systems, which is software and now like uh Patra, which is, you know, whatever business pro, you know, outsourcing, uh, business processes and stuff. Yep. So I'm working, I'm like, okay, cool. I'm making a few more dollars, but I, this kind of still this hole. And, you know, so like, I mean, even talking with you, like, Hey man, 
kind of want to get more involved. Like what stuff I can do. And like, I was like, you know, we're thinking about doing like care packages for veterans or something like that. Yep. Uh, we did one of the things with sleep in heavenly peace. So like, really it was, we could, I, could, I was like, even then I was like, Eric, what can I do? You know? Yeah. 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 And, uh, and so, you know, I was doing little things like that, but it always kind of fizzled out. You yeah. Know? And so I think I was, I was driving Johnny home. We were, we were hanging out, whatever. I was driving Johnny home one night and who's the VP. And I was like, dude, let's like, maybe we should do a nonprofit. Like maybe we should start thinking about doing something like that. Because the idea that we were thinking was like, let's tie our something. Let's tie ourselves to something. Like let's, right. let, let's remove the choice. Like once we sign our name to this, we're doing it. Whether we wake up one morning and we want to or not, like now we're going to do it. And so, um, we were kind of like, all right, well, let's do it. And so then the next step was like, all right, let's get all of our knucklehead, like, crazy friends to do it with us. Right. Yeah. Like, cause that's even cool too. You get to do good stuff with your friends. Right? right. So I presented to the group. I think we, we have a book group. We're a bunch of nerds. We, you know, so, uh, so I'm at, I'm that's at the, great. That's yeah, a yeah, good yeah, thing. Yeah, okay. Well, we're, you know, <laughs> You're like, all right, all right, yeah, all right. Yeah. You know, whatever, you know, so we're, we, I remember we read this one time, uh, Steven Pinker wrote a book called enlightenment. Now is like one of the changed my life and how I view the world. Maybe the world's not as bad as we all think it is. Nice. One of the things he talks about is humanism, which again is something that is one of the core tenets from an you know from a value standpoint. Humanism is like human flourishing. Are and and the question that we asked ourselves in the book group, and that wasn't the whole point of the book. There was a lot of other things, but yeah, that was something that stuck out to all of us, right? Yeah, so yeah. The question we were asking is like, are we are we aiding in human flourishing? You know what I'm saying? Are you know? And it's a fancy way. Are you giving back? You know what I'm saying? Are you doing? And I think we all said no, and I think that's when we initially like you know, you know, we're like, all right, let's go do some care package for, you know, uh, Prince, Prince's home. The Prince home, yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, so we, that conversation was within our group, you know what I'm saying? Like kind of a shared value and a shared idea. And so I kind of like, we sat down, we're like, here's what we think. What do you guys think? And they're like, let's do it. So everyone's in like, we had no idea what we're doing. So me and Johnny was like, we probably should talk to Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Which I appreciate your group of best friends. Uh, makes me feel like my group of best friends is pretty shitty for a few different reasons. Reason number one, because you guys read books yeah. <laughs> as a group of friends and then talk about them together, which is a great thing that I've never done. Okay, but in all like, fairness, most people in your group of friends pretty sure can't read books without pictures in them. There's a lot of Marines. Being totally honest. Yeah, it's a lot of you fucking Marines, so yeah. No. Hey. <laughs> Just most, like, we talk about, like, Clifford. I remember that fucking Cat in the Hat book? It was nuts dude like that's what we fucking talk about but also book. the fact that you and your group of friends would decide to do this together and you uh we've had some great conversations in the fucking gym about philosophy and things like yeah. that we've talked about how like uh you know happiness is balanced between health and wealth and worth and it's so hard for so long you're you're focusing on you know, the health or the wealth the most, right? And especially like in your younger ages. And then as you get older, you start to feel that worth, even though it seems like you had mentors to look up to the, like, especially at the boys home yeah. and all that other kind of stuff. So then, so you and your group of friends has decided to start this nonprofit. What made you guys choose the mission that you chose? So, uh, so like really it was, it was, uh, first off, it, it's a cool mission. Like generally, I think um, six of the seven people that worked on the board had worked with youth or kids and seeing kids in these, in, in similar situations where they 
maybe, you know, would be in need of maybe getting their school lunch paid for or, you know, getting fed. Ultimately, our mission is to help feed Kankakee County, right? So that was our broad mission. And we were like, well, we don't know anything about nonprofits. What is a good start, right? What's a good place to start that we can help families and students and kids maybe at least pay the bill, right? Maybe we don't provide the food right off the bat, but maybe we can do something that's meaningful that'll help families in our community. So we had this broad goal because we had seen kids in those situations and that was important to solving solving that problem. And then we were like, well, we all work full time and we know nothing about nonprofits or fundraising. So maybe we should have like an easy model that, that uh, we, you know, identify an issue in the community and then find the easiest thing to solve in that space and then try and solve it. Right. Mm-hmm. So thinking through this, I remember Nick Huffman, I think it was like 2017 or 2018 did this big drive to pay off the student lunch debt in Bradley elementary or like what, whatever the remaining balance was at that time. Yeah. I thought that was the coolest thing. Number one, I thought it was just really cool. And then number two, I was like, I didn't even know this was an issue. Right. I didn't even know this yeah. was a thing. Yeah. And so I was like, all right, you know, like we have a trusted institution as a school, right? So if we give them money, we know like it's going to go, you know, high odds that it's going to go to the place that it's supposed to go to. Right. Um, and then there's all the anonymity that's involved with that, right? We don't know anyone that's getting this. So no one feels any shame or anything like that. It's like, and then it's just like, it's just an easy model. We do the work to fundraise and then we give it to the school district to disperse it. Yeah. So it's like, like in our mind, we're like, okay, decently easy model, major problem in our community. And, you know, a trusted place to, to kind of push money through. And it's also show, show from a visibility standpoint, it's also easy to do that. Yeah. Like, Hey, remember when you guys saw us at this booth and you gave us money, here's me with this big dumb check. Right. I'm currently giving that money to the place that I said I was going to give it to. You right. know what I'm saying? So yeah, that yeah, was yeah. cool too. You know, it's like an easy way to just kind of, show that that, you're seeing uh, where it's going. It's not like an organization where you donate money to and you have no idea where it's going. Yeah. And I'm yeah. yeah, So, so that's kind of where the student lunch portion kind of started. So yeah. Um, so then what did you guys do after? So you decided you knew what you wanted to do. You had the, uh, the, the problem that you wanted to solve. And then what did you guys do from there? How did you start actually doing it? Yeah. So we literally were like, okay, so, like, let's get trying. Like, what are booths that we can get? Like, we that's where we started. Like, let's get in front of people. Mm-hmm. Let's tell them what we're doing, right? And so it's like, let's let's see if the farmer's market will let us have some stuff. Let's reach out to, you know, any business that will partner with us. And I think the first one that did was Mike Panazzo at New York City Deli. Yep. He's such a good dude. Like, yep. he saw, there was a, we luckily got a, a, um, an article, Stephanie Markham from the, Daily Journal like did mm-hmm. an article on us initially about our mission, and yep. then he read it and reached out to us. So what I think one of our two first fundraisers was Booths at Kankakee Farmers Market and doing an event at New York City Deli, and we were like, we have landed. Yep. You know what I'm saying? They thought we were so cool. You know? Yeah, so. well, because it. But you should think that way because it's it's so exciting because it's all so new and you're taking yeah. your first steps, and that's everything. Like that's the most important thing is being able to take those initial steps. So like. 
I think that's why there's something to be said about how much fun it is to like start a business or start yeah. a nonprofit. Like there is a lot of that and you're all doing it together. You're all like ready and fucking hungry because yes. you, you figured out what it was you wanted to do, the problem yeah. you wanted to solve and you want to get some shit done and then you're just going. So yeah. that's fucking awesome. Yeah. And so that was, that's kind of where we started. And then it really just became like, all right, let's just search for booths. Let's just like literally search for places to let people know what we're doing, possibly elicit a few dollars. Um, uh, you know, and then, you know, we had some social media stuff where people, at least in the beginning, were, were, you know, given some money. And, you know, we had the initial goal. Our kind of pilot fundraiser was with uh, Bourbon Elementary because my wife works there. Mm -hmm. And she's on our board, too. And so because everyone likes her in the school district, the, the assistant superintendent met with us and just kind of explained the problem at a deeper level than I understood, you know what I'm sure. saying? About the needs in the community. And I, I, once I got those numbers just from Bourbon Elementary, I was like, oh man, like this is crazy, you yeah. know? And so I, anyway, so we started kind of raising money with the initial goal of paying off the free and reduced, the, the families that are currently um, qualify for free and reduced. Because even if you have free, if you miss an ISB deadline, Mm -hmm. Let's say if you, you're in the income threshold where you, you get a free lunch at school, mm -hmm. if that family during registration, they register, registers late or just they just don't properly fill out their whatever or approve whatever, then they're on the hook for their kids' lunches in the district until the next deadline. If they miss that, they're up till the next deadline, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. So there was a substantial amount of free kids, kids and families that qualified for free that just didn't, that that were, I had to pay because they missed the deadline. Oh, wow. And yeah. like you, one of the things that you just said that too, that was pretty important is like, you, this is why you have to get into shit with passion because when you get into something, you realize like you knew that there was a problem because that's why you were interested in the first place. Yep. It's like, you're, there's a problem and I want to solve it. And then you start seeing it for like what it really is. That problem starts really evolving and you're like, there's all these sides to it that you had no idea about. Yeah. And it's just, <laughs> it, that's why you have to be so passionate about what it is you're doing because those are the things that would stop a lot of other a lot of other people, but it hasn't done it for you guys because how long was it until you paid? Like how long until you paid your off the first school? I didn't feel like it was very long. No, it wasn't. I want to say, I don't know. I, th I, I shoot. I don't even know. dude. Yeah, I, I, I want to say it was, it was pretty quick though. I, and it was, I think bourbon a was our first check was 7,000. Right. And mm -hmm. then we were like, all right, like, okay, we kind of know this thing. And I think it was like June. I uh, know, maybe not you. I don't remember, man. I'm sorry. No, dude. How many schools have you paid so far? So we did seven thousand initially to Bourbon A Elementary, mm -hmm. and then um, we partnered with Moments. I think was our uh, Moments was our next one, and then we paid. They had they are on CEP grant, which would not to bore anyone. Essentially, if you have a certain threshold, like a percentage of your students that qualify for free and reduced like over 60%, the state comes in and pays everything, okay. right? And so Moments already had that, but they had $3,000 in a backlog of debt that wow. was like before they qualified, before they jumped on the CEP program, that was that was the amount. So we're okay. like, so then the next thing we did was pay off $3,000 there. And so we just canceled the backlog of debt and then the state's covering their stuff into the future. So like Moments is good on student lunch debt. 
So then we realized, okay, like we're doing well, like let's branch out to a couple other districts. So we reached out to Bradley Elementary, talk with them. And I think you hooked us up with Dr. Glenn. Oh, Romantino. Romantino. Yep. And then we just did two more donations um, in the last couple months, 3,000 to Bradley and then 3,000 to Mantino. That's amazing. That is so cool. So we were like, you know, like I said, like this is all kind of like, wow, that's a lot of money. Like we're like still kind of like taking it in because we don't even believe it, dude. Like seriously, we're like this, what? You know, like, and this is just, this is a testament to Kankakee County, dude. Like Kankakee County- like is such a supportive community. Like yeah. if you're doing good things for the community and yep. you're for real about it, yep. they have your back. hundred percent. Yep. <laughs> I completely agree. Like you that, gotta yeah. be real and you have to prove it. But yep. if, if you prove it to Kankakee County, you're like, all right, what can we do? Oh my God. hundred percent. So it, it re what's the word reinvigorates your like faith in humanity it does like there, there will be times where it's tested for sure. Yeah. But there's a lot of times where your faith in humanity is restored because you're opened up when you're doing anything with a nonprofit, you're opened up to a whole group of people in your community that you had no idea existed that are just out there trying to do good shit for people. And they want to be a part of whatever you're doing because it's a good thing. And I love that. And, and honestly, like if we're talking about the positive mental health benefits of giving back, yeah. I can't tell you as stressful as it can be sometimes. Yeah. And I'm sure you both know what that's like working mm-hmm. with fat. Uh, it has been reinvigorated. Like it's it, like you said, that the, maybe the best way of saying it kind of like your, your, your view of humanity is just, is just such a positive light. You get all this availability bias from the negative stuff on the news. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you do this stuff and people are like, good for you. And t- like, literally it's just like the good for you. Like yeah. even, you haven't given me $1. Mm-hmm. Like they're just pumped that you're doing it. You know yep. what I'm saying? It's like just positive feedback. You're like, mm-hmm. cool, man. These people care. You yeah. know, it's like, and it, and it really is like a positive thing for your mental health and how you view the world, especially with all the bad news out there. I was honored when you guys talked to me about it. Uh, Cause I know you were, you were just reaching out to some people and getting opinions on things. And I was honored that you guys reached out to me because you thought that I knew what the fuck I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> and I told you that and like most of what I told you, if not all was just don't do these things. Cause I did these things and I made mistakes and here are all the places I made mistakes. And with your organization, it's so easy to be about it. it. Like I look at your organization, the same as I look at like sleep in heavenly peace They're you know, they're, they build beds for kids who don't have beds. Yeah, who dude. the fuck is yeah. against that? I, I'm in. <laughs> Who's against that? Where do bro? I sign? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're paying off kids lunch. You're paying off student lunch debt. Like who's against that? You know what I mean? And like, yeah. it's great. And it's such a cool thing that you're doing. Do you think that like younger you ever would have thought you'd be doing shit like this when you were absolutely in the boys home? Absolutely not. No, 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 no. Or with, yeah, no, absolutely. Cause that was a turning point for you was in the boys home, right? Or no, hundred percent. Like okay. I, I, if yeah, that yeah. wasn't for that place, I'd probably not be in a good spot in life, you know, for sure. Like that. Uh, yeah. Those. Yeah. Anyway. No, but okay. So, and that brings us to what we wanted to talk about today. The reason for the season, we want to talk about generosity and giving. Uh, so before we get into it too much, we want to talk about the science behind giving Brad. Yes. Bradley. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, rush medical center did a study with a group of people. Um, they, they would give to people and they gave them MRIs and the mesolimbic, sorry, excuse me, the mesolimbic system, which is the portion of the brain that, um, that is associated with like, sorry, um, 
it, it's the award system and positivity. It lit up like a Christmas tree and the MRI after yeah. these people had given. So this is the portion of the brain also that lights up on an MRI that is associated with food, drugs, and sex. Okay. So, so, so you feel better. Yeah. The, the part of your brain that you said that controls reward and pleasure that yep. lit up. So the ways that you can make that happen are food, drugs, sex, and giving. Just being a gosh darn <laughs> great person. Just being a giver. Nice. <laughs> it's the same thing. I love that. Uh, I, I, I checked something out on um, health.clevelandclinic.org. According to this article I found, it said, as you help someone or give a gift, your brain secretes the feel-good chemicals such as serotonin, uh, which regulates your mood, dopamine, which gives you a sense of pleasure, oxytocin, which creates a sense of connection with others. And according to that article, it can also lower your blood pressure. And there are some studies that suggest that people who volunteer live longer than those who don't. Um, and then there were some positive signs of giving. Brad, yep. Brad Tholomew, what'd you get for that? <laughs> I feel like I'm gonna have a different name every time you I'm address come me. Come up with as many as I can think of. Um, so for the first one, there's um, it improves your self-esteem and satisfaction with life, right? The only stipulation that is it said that younger adults don't really feel this because when younger adults do things, it seems like they are just doing it out of like habit. So they like have to do it. Yeah. So like yeah. for school, if like your kid has something for school, they're like, Oh, I feel like I have to donate to this class. Right. 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 So like younger mean as much. They're not really choosing. Yep. Yeah. Um, it also, it lowers your risk of depression and you'll be in better physical health and a longer life. Yeah, I looked up, I looked into those a little bit more. I took a deeper dive because those are some pretty significant fucking benefits. So uh, when I looked into it, I went on to kentteach.com. And as far as like how giving makes you feel good, uh, this is what it said. It said, good feelings are reflected in our biology. Uh, when people give, it activates the areas of the brain associated with pleasures. We said before social connection and trust and creates this warm glow like effect. This was evident in Michael Norton's study. Uh, Michael Norton was a Harvard business school professor where he found that participants spirits were lifted more through giving money to someone else, despite their predictions where they thought they would feel better receiving. So I actually looked into this study, um, that was referenced in this article. And like it said, so Michael Norton, Harvard business school professor, uh, in, he did this study to, to see, it was multiple studies to see how people would feel giving and receiving when it comes to like money and shit like that. And in it, he found that people who spent money on themselves, uh, weren't any happier that night. Like they were no happier if they spent money on themselves, but people who spent money on other people were happier, like, and it was measurable that they were fucking happier. And the amount of money that they gave didn't matter at all. It was only how they spent the money that made them happier. So that I thought was super interesting to me. Um, as far as how else it's good for health. So there's some reports that have shown that giving to others has improved people's health, particularly those suffering with chronic illness, including HIV and multiple sclerosis. Uh, research suggests that the main reason giving can help improve physical health and longevity is because it helps decrease stress, which is linked to a shit ton of health issues. Uh, it helps with social connection. When you give to others, your generosity is likely to be reciprocated down the line at some point, sometimes to the person 
person you gave to or to someone else. What's more, giving to others makes you feel closer to those uh, you give to as well as makes them feel closer to you. So I want to stop at that one for a second. Like, again, when you do something with a nonprofit, I and I'm making an assumption here about you because I feel like I know you decently well. You don't do shit. You do it because it's the right thing to do. You don't do it to get an award. You don't do it to get recognized. It's validating. It feels great when those things happen because it lets you know that you're doing the right shit. You know what I mean? That always feels good. Who doesn't like that? But it's like you do it because it's just the right fucking thing to do. And in doing so, like in giving to other people, I can't tell you through fat how many times we help somebody and then that somebody helped somebody else, whether it was for us or another organization in like a huge profound way. And you just get to watch that butterfly effect. And it's the fucking coolest thing in the world. Like, do you feel like you've gotten to see that so far with let's catch up? Yeah, I think, I mean, for sure. I feel like I've definitely seen just with people that have kind of joined the advisory council and jumped in like, yeah, um, you know, when they help us, like I find them jumping in and helping other organizations too. Right. Yeah. I just, I don't want to name names, but there's, there's just a guy that jumped on our advisory council, helped us with a mobile food pantry. And then now he's reaching out to us like, Hey, there's a church that's doing a soup kitchen. Any of you guys want to volunteer? Yeah. Right. So it's like, it's kind of like, uh, it's self-perpetuating. It kind of just keeps pushing. And I thought that was pretty cool. I'm like, man, so I'm going to go help him this Saturday. I'm like, cool. Now you're like, now you're bringing me in. So it's like, I don't know. And it's the same community. Yeah. It's the same type of community fighting a common ish type of issue with yeah. like hunger and things like that. And then you're just building that community and you're building that network. And then you're also understanding within that network, a lot of people, a lot of organizations are in this under the same umbrella, but doing something different or yeah. working with a different group of people. And so all that does is fucking strengthen your organization yeah. because of your ties to that, which I, I think is very cool. And I, and I, I always think about the, uh, quote uh a rising tide raises all all ships right like that's i believe in that so fucking much especially when it comes to doing things in the nonprofit world um next one uh according to that same article it evokes gratitude so giving can be a way of expressing gratitude or instilling gratitude whether you are on the giving or receiving end this gratitude is essential to happiness health and social bonds for example when you express gratitude in words and actions you boost other people's positivity as well as your own cultivating this gratitude in everyday life is one of the keys to increasing personal happiness which is suggested by happiness researcher barbara frederickson which is has to be the coolest fucking job ever (laughs) like i'm a happiness researcher (laughs) like i'm just watching cat videos all fucking day and doing nothing else. Yeah. I mean, I agree with all that. Uh, obviously when, when people thank you for things, you know what I mean? You feel pretty fucking good. So, I mean, all that made sense to me. Uh, the next one, last one on this article is giving is contagious. So when you give to others, this can create a ripple effect, kind of like we were talking about and encourage others to do the same, uh, consequently increasing generosity throughout our community. One study showed that observers of generosity encourage them to be more generous towards different people. As a result, each person in a network can influence dozens or even hundreds of people, some of whom he or she has not even met yet. Like, yeah, because it's the same can be said on both ends of the spectrum. If you're an asshole and you're just being a dick to people, you're just ruining people's days <laughs> and then they're ruining other people's days. And like, you know what I mean? Like you can see that happen too, but it's like, 
Yes, when you are giving and other people see that you are doing something for the right reasons, like we were just talking about, I don't even know if we were recording. Yeah, I think we were recording. We were just talking about Kankakee County, yeah. just like really coming out to support. You know what I mean? And I don't know, it's part of that because giving is, is contagious, sure. But a lot of that's probably just because it's the type of community that we live in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Brad, what yeah. are some other benefits you got? Yeah. So according to EF.com, some other benefits to giving, you get to know your community and like meet new people, mm-hmm. know its citizens. <clears throat> um, and you have the ability uh, to discover a new, a new passion um, or interest that you didn't know you had. Yeah. So that's kind of what we were talking about a second ago. Like I've met so many people because of the nonprofit, because of project headspace and timing and so many people that I never would have met before. I might not have known Brad if it wasn't for that. You know what I mean? And you think about all the connections that we have now in our groups of friends and all the stuff, the fucking fat family and stuff like that. Like, and, and not only that internally, but then again, externally, like one of the people you never forget the people that came out for you, especially in the very beginning. Yep. Like you got a soft spot for those ones, like especially in New York City Deli. Yeah, yeah, dude. Like just like you said, with New York City Deli for me, there's two um, that really stick out for me. One's Dan Gerber, Dan, the man. He still goes to a lot of the stuff that we do, but he was one of the first guys to go to my he went to my first event and he went to every event I've ever done. I think like every event, he always shows up, you know what I mean? And just, yeah, just like Tom. (laughs) Yes. Tom's also great, but it's like those guys. And it's almost like, and I, 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 pretty sure he's donating things. He's done plenty of stuff. Um, but just showing up yeah. those things fucking means a lot. Yeah. You know what I mean? For sure. Especially in the beginning, man. Oh my God. Especially in the beginning when there's like two or three people that you're show just like up. Sitting, you're just like hoping to God that people show up. <laughs> just like, somebody, just like, we so put it on the internet. I'm hoping they show up. You know, like, <laughs> Sounds <laughs> like my birthday party. Dude, <laughs> fucking Dan. I always, I have a soft spot for Dan. And then another one for me that I've talked about was Jim Johannic at Jimmy Joe's barbecue. And the reason why was because I just started everything and it was so hard. I was still, like I said, I was in the midst of making all the mistakes that I was making. I'm just frustrated as hell. And I had a long day in addition to that. And I pull up in, and I remember, I remember this like it was yesterday and I pull up into my driveway and I was just in a pissed off mood doing one of those things where you just sit in your car for a couple extra seconds before you go in the house kind of thing. And I got a phone call and it was Jim. Uh, and he was just like, Hey, uh, I just want to, you know, that, uh, there's a golf outing coming up and I sponsored a hole for you guys. And I'm like, dude, like, yeah. and he didn't owe me shit. Yeah. He didn't owe me shit. Yep. And he did that. And I've told him this before, but like, he doesn't understand how much seeing that support in times where you need it the most. Yep. It's like, you know, they, they always talk about how, how unlikely it is that we're, that you exist and, and the unlikely series of events that happen to bring you into this world. Well, same thing when you're doing a nonprofit or anything like that, it could have taken the smallest amount of pushback or barrier or obstacle at the right or wrong time to derail everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? But because you have so much support, because so many people in the community come out for you, you're like, okay, I can do this. This is worth all the work that I'm doing because I know that I have the support here. Yes. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. And because of that, I know I can keep working. Would you agree? Yeah. It's also, yeah. you don't, yeah. It's like, and then once they support you, it's also like a little bit like, I don't want to let them down. Yeah. You know saying like, I don't, yes. I, I don't want anybody down and not in a bad way. It's like, you guys have had my back. It's like, and yep. I've said, I'm going to do this thing. So yeah. 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 I love that. Uh, so what else did you find Brad yep. for why it makes us feel better? Yeah. So this is according to psych health, uh, excuse me, psych, psychalive.org it says being generous makes us feel uh makes us feel better about ourselves generosity is both a natural confidence booster and a natural repellent of self-hatred by focusing on what we are giving rather than on what we are receiving um we create a a more outward orientation toward the world um which shifts our focus away from ourselves yeah. I mean, yeah. it makes you feel good about yourself when you yep. do things like that. It makes you feel good about yourself. I've, I've said it a billion times, just like throwing a piece of garbage away. Like when you see a piece of garbage that isn't your garbage <laughs> and you pick it up, what? I just, that just reminds me of, yeah, I don't know if in the army, but in the Marine Corps, we got like stand in a line and everyone's like, Step. Police call? Yeah. Like a police yeah. call line. Yeah. That's what I just thought of. Well, accept that. That doesn't make <laughs> you feel good. That makes you fucking hate everything. Yeah. Your recruiter and everybody that made you get into that position. Yeah. But like, I've noticed this about myself because I try to be as self-aware as possible. Like if I'm walking into the gym and I see a piece of garbage on the ground and I pick it up and I throw it away, I do feel better about myself. And I, I think part of that is because I didn't take a picture of it. I didn't post about yeah. it. I didn't tell anybody that I did it other than me talking about it right now. You just did something good because it was the right thing to do and nobody else knows about it and it's totally fine. And that in and of itself like gives you a little more confidence in that moment. You just feel like feel better about yourself because you're like, I'm a decent person to do that. You know what I mean? So I have a better reflection of myself because I did this positive thing. You know I, what I yeah, mean? I do that when I when I like quickly. I don't know if it's like awkward, but I like quickly run to like open the door for people. I don't know. Like that's what let me because I don't. I obviously don't see garbage on the floor, so I can't just like you know what I mean. So You're I just, just feeling I open. around everywhere. <laughs> Is there garbage here? Nope. Just yeah. No. So I just like run and open the door for people. So that's my feel good. Yeah, but I mean, it just shows that you're being considerate. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's just showing. It's a an easy, quick way to show somebody like, hi. I'm not an asshole. Like, and that's all you're trying to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I agree with that. Um, so I wanted to know, and I looked on here, if it's possible to give too much. And I should have known this because I think everybody here is probably guilty of it. But yeah, it is definitely super possible to give way too much. Uh, so this is an article I found on psychologytoday.com and it talks about generous giving and it talks about overgiving. So it says generous giving is one thing that implies, uh, that you've taken care of your own needs and can then put forth energy towards others. Um, excuse me. I think that's perfectly explained in what Murphy was saying in the very beginning. Like you were like, Hey, you know, we got to this place and we were like, Hey, you know, I'm doing okay. I'm making money or whatever. I'm in a place where I feel safer. And 
there's that hole. Like I'm still missing something like that's generous. That's exactly what generous giving is. Uh, over, over giving on the other hand is not the ultimate form of selflessness. Instead, it essentially comes from an inability to receive. So that means that you give, give, give because you think or hope that it will be uh, appreciated or because it makes you feel good about yourself or because you feel morally obligated to. The truth is if you are unable to take in love, attention or help from others and accept it completely, then you are giving from an empty heart. Think about some of your relationships. Try to be honest about whether your giving is from a generous place or a depleted one. Generous giving feels light and joyful, and overgiving feels burdensome because it's a one way flow of energy. So, like some of those things, I mean, when it talks about overgiving and, and talking about people that give because they feel like they have to or be specifically to make themselves feel good, like you see that again a lot in the nonprofit community, I think. Um, you get to know a lot of other nonprofits, and there are so many amazing ones, so many amazing ones that are doing, like we said, they're doing the same kind of stuff you're doing or whatever. And it's just uh, people that are just as driven and just as passionate. But then you also come across people that may not be doing it for the right reasons. But, and you and I have had this conversation (laughs) over a couple of beers, not that long ago, uh, that there are people that do this type of thing and do give, you know, for less than great reasons. But like we were talking about then, at the end of the day, it's like, is the good deed still getting done? Are people still being, are people still getting a benefit? Because if people are still getting a benefit, then whatever, if this person is doing things specifically to be like, Hey, look at me and look at what I'm doing. I mean, you know, you're like, whatever, as long as something good's getting done, as long as they're not being unethical at the end of the day, I'll just roll my eyes and be like, well, you know, Someone's getting fed. Someone's needs are getting met. Yes. But I'd rather people be like, I'm about the thing. Yeah. Yeah. It makes you, know? you feel better yeah. about it. It makes you believe in it more because you know that they're about it, that they're yeah. serious about it. That, you know, when you see somebody, you can tell, like you can, you can look at people. And I feel like going back to the generous giving thing, like if you really believe it, like you're saying, you're kind of drawing these parallels, but like, if you really believe it, like it is energizing yes. and there's a point, even if you're about the mission, it could, it could burn you out. Yes. But I think that like for me in certain situations, if I'm doing something, I'm like, man, if I can just get this thing done, yep. like I'm like, I'm, I'm pumped to do it. Like, yep. and then if you, once you do it, you're like, heck dude, this is so cool. You know, so it's stressful. And also I would say like what helps from a nonprofit standpoint from the generous giving is having a good support system. Right. So like my God, yeah, my wife is on the board. She's the only female on the board and thank God we have a female on the board Mm -hmm. and the, on the untruthfully, the only reason why we didn't bring anybody else is like, didn't want to like bring them into this group of knuckleheads and try to like, like, you know, like you're like be the, 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 yeah, the, the puppet master. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like no one else should be exposed to this. My wife married me. So obviously she's, you know, she's, right. she's in it. She so knows what she's yeah. getting into. Yeah. <laughs> but like in our whole board, like everyone works. So I, was, I feel lucky, like, and I'm sure it's the same for you. Like, mm-hmm. like our whole board works, man. And they're, they're behind the scenes and they're pumping me up and I'm, I'm bouncing ideas off them. Like that's energizing too. Yes. So like, you know, so I feel like it's a mixture of being about the mission and having a good support group. And that helps that generous giving. At least it does for me. Yes. Yeah. I love that. So does there come a point where a nonprofit gets too big, like nationally, where this comes into place, where they're just doing it? Like, do you think that happens? 
Where you know what I'm saying? I'll give you my opinion and then see what Murphy thinks. But like, my opinion is is I don't think it necessarily matters so much on the size. It matters on the quality of what's getting done. And I think if you start, if you have to get, if, if you are like a nonprofit or charity and you have to get to the place, which is a business thing where like you're starting to focus on numbers more, it's hard. I'm not saying that's the wrong thing. Cause I understand like a yep. nonprofit's a business. You got to run it as a fucking business. I get it. Like that's how it is. But when you just start looking at whatever that goal is, whatever that your mission was, and now it's just like numbers, like, okay, you know, there's five, six, ah, these numbers are lower, these need to be higher, these numbers, blah, 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 blah. Then I think it starts changing things a little bit. And I think then maybe it starts to turn into this a little bit. But again, I'm not saying, because at the end of the day, if you're doing the right thing, and people are benefiting benefiting from it, then people are benefiting from it. So I don't know, man. That's kind of tough. What do you think on that, Murphy? I think that, like, you're 100% right. Like, scaling requires that level of, like, looking at the numbers at, like, a really minute level. Yeah. Just being like, all right, we need to do this, and this is our strategic goals. Right. So I realize that that is an absolute necessity, but I also think one of the ways that in me like 11 months into being in a nonprofit. So take this with a grain of salt, but you it's know. been trial by fire. I mean, you guys yeah. have been fast and furious, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But I'm just saying like, I've, I've talking like, yeah, I've done this, but anyway, <laughs> in my mind, like it, it's, uh, it's, it feels like you need to insert yourself every once in a while, even if you are doing the high level thinking in the thing that you're doing. So like, yeah. just to give you an example, we did a mobile food pantry at Hopkins, uh, Last weekend, right? November. 11th. Yeah, it was yeah. on Veterans last Day. Week, yeah, yep. yeah, last weekend. Yeah, um, and it was. And I know this is. I'm not trying to be sound cliche. Like I really, truly mean this. Like when you see grandma in the front seat and two baby seats in the back, and you're just shoving food in the in the back of that car, and you know grandma's taking care of those kids, you're like, "This is freaking cool." Man. How do you not feel great about that? No, but you but know it's, what I mean? it's like, also yes. like, yeah, I'm thinking, I'm doing administrative stuff that's annoying. The board's doing administrative <laughs> stuff that's annoying. We're right. thinking about numbers, which is annoying. Right. But like, I feel like you have to insert yourself every once yes. in a while. If you and I, we're we're small, like all of us have to insert ourselves all the time. But I feel like that is the energizing thing. That's what reminds you it's of why really the heck point. you're there. You know what I'm saying? So like, I'm sure it's the same with you guys when you have events and you see veterans that have really struggled, and now they're the ones helping the veterans that are struggling. Like. And you're there and you're watching and you're helping. You're like, dude, this is why I'm here. Yes. Yes, I have to look at these numbers, but this is freaking cool. You know? Yes. So, that's so a good I'm point. I'm getting a little pumped up, but sorry. Yeah, no, don't. I, that's a good point that I didn't think about, which is that like, yeah, because again, we're also small enough where we're all like going, you know yeah. what I mean? So it's like nobody is strictly behind a computer, not, you know, being in the trenches, dealing with everything. And yes, you know. But I mean, even still, there are you know plenty of times where we have to do all the computer work and all the traveling to going uh, to wherever we're going and that stuff wears on you. Excuse me, but like you said, when you have those like breakthrough moments, yeah, you know, and you get that dopamine dump or whatever yeah. it is, because and and I actually talked to my therapist about this because I asked her, like I was having this like philosophical dilemma because I'm just like. Am I selfish? Because what I said to her was, when I do these things, it makes me feel good. 
Yeah. I feel great when I do these things. When we help somebody with anything, you feel good about yourself. And so I'm like, so am I just chasing that? Am I, am I not doing this for the, like I'm doing this because it makes me feel good. And like, I was getting like way too deep and I think it was probably too early in the morning. And my therapist was just like, you need to calm down. Yeah. <laughs> like she was like, I don't think that that's your problem. But like she's been my therapist for like a few years now. Yeah. And she like talked because I was, curious about that because I wanted to make sure because like you just said it feels so good when you do that thing that you wanted to do that you almost feel like you shouldn't be allowed to feel this good by putting work into something you know what I mean yeah it's it's also like one of those things where I want to separate myself from the people and you know who am I to whatever like the people that are doing it for the wrong reasons that I almost feel like I need to feel bad Right. Like when yeah. I'm feeling bad and doing the right thing, I'm really doing the right thing. You know, it's like, that's not it's true an either. Irish yeah, Catholic yeah, in you, bro. <laughs> I must feel guilty and terrible Irish all the time. Guilt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, and it makes you feel good. And like, be the other thing too that's hard is like, on, on kind of the other side of that, when you're in the trenches for so long, like you, you don't realize the progress that you've made also. So it's like you said, okay, you've just been a nonprofit for 11 months and you've paid off how many schools so far? Like you've been getting some shit done. And that's why, like I said, it is nice to have your hard work validated from time to time when somebody notices and regardless of what that is, and it doesn't have to be a grandiose gesture by any means, but when you're putting so much effort and passion into something for the right reasons, you're not paying attention to what's going on around you and you're just going, 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 going. And then it takes somebody to put a hand on your shoulder and like pull you up for a minute and be like, Hey man, I just want you to know that this is all really good. You're yeah. doing a great job. I just yeah. want to let you know that we appreciate yeah, what yeah, you're yeah. doing yeah, no, as a I, society. <laughs> you know what I, mean? I just feel like as long as you're more internally motivated than yes. you are externally motivated, that you're in the right spot. Yes. Right. And so it's like ex- that, th- that, at that point, I don't think any external praise or, you know, good feelings is bad. Yes. You know, as long as the ratio is more internal and mission focused in my mind, then I feel like I'm doing the right thing. Yes. You know, and and I could be wrong, but that's, that's the model I'm kind of operating in right now. Like, all right, I am internally focused. Okay. I'm good. Yeah. But I'm not afraid of feeling good either. Like you said, you know, sometimes I feel weird about it, but yeah. Because you're just getting into it and you're just figuring it all out too. You know what I mean? So you constantly have that ebb and flow of like, should I be doing more? Is this not enough? Is this too much? Like blah, blah, blah. So no, I definitely understand all that too. Um, Okay. So back to uh, giving too much. So consider the following points to help you determine whether you may be giving too much. Uh, One, it feels so good and important for you to be the giver in almost every relationship. It's like you have to be the one that's always given stuff. Two, you feel guilty when someone gives something to you. Three, you put the needs of others before your own. Four, you apologize excessively if you're not able to give the way you wanted to give. Five, you avoid or are uncomfortable at the thought of asking for something. Six, you have considered the possibility that your giving could be the result of some insecurity. And seven, you find that you give because you want to feel love, liked, or admired. I mean, I don't know. I feel like I'm guilty of like fucking all those things yeah. at some point, though. I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? You were like, listening off. I was like, shut up, Eric. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. So, I mean, I don't know. That was in that article. Take it for what you will. I mean, I do understand that if every single time you're giving 
it's coming from one of these other places. Like there's another emotion or feeling behind what you're giving. Like I get that. But I mean, I also think that it's not black and white. You know what I mean? As far as like why you want to do the things that you do. Um, so the article continues, uh, if you have identified yourself as an overgiver or you can relate to any of those examples of overgiving, you will, you may be feeling exhausted. Sacrificing your needs on behalf of others is a pretty unsustainable state. And I will say that I definitely understand that. Um, I was overgiving just, and I don't know which one of these reasons was the was the reason why um if i try to think about it but like i there was a time and i think i i think i talked to you about this but where i burned myself out like and i burned myself out i think a lot of people feel like when you burn yourself out you just come to a wall and it says hey like you need to stop now. You're burned out. Like what happens is things start going wrong physically with your body and you're like, what's happening? And you talk to a doctor and they're like, you're stressing yourself out. You need to stop. <laughs> like that's what, that's what burnout is. It's not as like clean and clear as like people would like it. And for me, like I had rashes that showed up on my body. I had to get put on a heart monitor for a while. I was getting this weird pain in my chest. Like it was all this stuff and it was all happening at the height of the worst of my back pain where I was getting this radiating back pain where like sometimes I couldn't, I had a hard time walking. I had a hard time getting up in the morning. And so like there was so much stress and I just kept pushing because internally I just kept telling myself I can do it. I can do whatever the fuck I want. Like I'm going to keep pushing. Nobody's going to tell me shit. And then your body's just like, stop, 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 stop. And it took a doctor telling me that like I needed to fucking chill. So, I mean, like I said, I, I told you before, just be very careful yeah, yeah. <laughs> of pouring yourself into that. Yeah. And that's why it's so important to have that group. Like you said, like have no, a group sure. of people and I have that and I have that now. My problem was, is I wasn't delegating enough. That was the biggest part of my problem. Cause the people that I have, the people that you surround yourself with are everything. And if you are one of those people that gives too much, you can delegate too. you can delegate yep. a little bit of that too. You know what I mean? Um, so here are a couple of warning signs when overgiving becomes an actual problem. Uh, so if you continue to give in situations that leave you feeling emotionally empty, if you're feeling alone in your relationship and you're barely able to take care of your own emotional needs, uh, you're afraid that if you stop excessive giving, your partner may be unhappy or admit that they may be more interested in something other than you. Uh, you're afraid that if you stop giving, somebody will leave you. Uh, if you're giving to someone instead of communicating what you need and how you feel, you may be giving too much. So if you feel like you were a victim of any of those things, the biggest thing to do is establish boundaries. Uh, understand that you can be generous and not necessarily an over giving person. Um, so before we wrap everything up, Murphy, is there anything else you wanted to say? Anything else that you feel as, as far as like what you've learned so far, giving it through your nonprofit, what regardless of, well, like what it's taught you, what it's taught, maybe your family, your friends, anything like that? I don't know. I, I would just say that if you're in a spot where you, you have values that, that, um, that are, you know, about giving back and wanting to be in the community. 
do it. It's very rewarding. Um, I know that sounds cliche and lame, but honestly, like if, if your value, if, if your actions and values aren't aligned, aren't in alignment, I think a lot of times that's, that's an issue with mental health that, that sometimes happens, you know what I'm saying? So whether you form a nonprofit or get involved with one or do something, uh, you know, on a semi-frequent basis, like all of this stuff reads true in my life over the last 11 months. And it read true when I work with students at Camelot and Indian Oaks, like when you're giving back and doing something meaningful, helping the community, it really does uh, change your mental health and, and puts it in a positive trajectory. So if you feel like that's not in your life, just do it, you know, get, get to it. And, and I don't know, that's it just, this worked for us. I think the whole board would agree. Yeah, I think that was really well said. What are some other organizations you guys like? volunteering for or doing stuff for other than let's catch up and fat. Yeah. So I think the other ones that the other one that we used that I think me and Mullen, I think did a couple times was sleep in heavenly peace. Yeah, dude. I love sleep in heavenly peace. Yeah. Awesome. And that was through you. And honestly, like I'm just learning about the nonprofit world. Like it was like, you know, now that I'm kind of in it, there's so many organizations to help out. Yeah. Um, I think Asbury church is one that we're going to be at. Some of us are going to be at this Saturday helping set up for the food. Uh, um, they have like a soup kitchen type thing nice. they do on Sunday after church. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So that's kind of like the two I can think off the top of my head. Obviously fat, mm -hmm. anything I could do for you guys. Um, oh, and you've done a lot. <clears throat> well, you have done a lot. You yeah. and Patra. So thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, Sleep in Heavenly Peace is one of my favorite ones. And, and the thing is too, and one of the things that we talked about earlier, like about finding new passions and stuff that you didn't know you had, like when I started doing the stuff with Sleep in Heavenly Peace, I was like, fuck, man, I wish I could do this all the time. Like not me because you, it, I liked building the beds. I like that portion of it. I like delivering the beds. And so we put together a team. Uh, so Gabby with fat, she put together a, a, a team of, of, uh, fat, uh, bed builders that are just, <laughs> I know how it sounds. I don't know how to give a shit. That's why bed I, builders. It's great. <laughs> fat bed builders. We have the, we have like two fat teams that go out. I think she even started a third one, um, every week to partner with sleep and heavenly peace to get some beds delivered. Cause they got some beds that need to get delivered. And it's just like, it's cool, man. You get to meet up with other organizations. Like we talked, we're talking about possibly volunteering with you guys for some stuff that you have coming up too. You know what I mean? It's like all that it's, it's great in our position. Like we get to be real. I get to be kind of, uh, I get to take some creative, uh, what would you call it? I don't know. Um, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I get to make some leaps here because with fat, we want veterans to be a part of their communities again and find out what those passions are. So it's almost like cheating because I just get to link up with all these other nonprofits <laughs> and do what they're doing and bring other veterans to go do it. We're like, fuck, this is awesome. Like, yeah. We're just having fun building beds or doing something for, for let's catch up or like whatever. So you almost feel like it's cheating, but let's catch up uh, or sleep in heavenly peace is probably one of my favorite ones. And then Don ball over at buddy check two two. buddy checks a really solid one. They never really need much from us, but we like, to volunteer at some of their golf outings and stuff. I mean, Brad, what about you? You got any that you like to volunteer for or any organizations that you like to be a part of outside of what we already talked about? Outside like fat? I think my favorite thing, I mean, it, it's fat, but I really like the days with dads. I really enjoy that that's, a that's lot. Cool. Days with dads was cool it, as shit. Yeah, that's probably my favorite thing that I that I do. And you talk about, again, like like Murphy said earlier, getting into something, knowing that there's like an issue of some kind, but then 
you get into it and the more you get into it, like, holy shit. Yeah. Like you and I were working the same table. Yeah. And we were doing science experiments with kids for like eight, like seven nonstop hours. Oh, dude, the, <laughs> it, was uh, like, it was just constant barrage. You know, we had a of ball children. of slime. It had to have been at least 20 pounds. And, oh my God. We were building slime and this thing was so gross by the end of it oh, because every kid was just God, building oh. slime and throwing it into our fucking thing that we made. It was so gross. But this, <laughs> this little girl came up to us and she was just like, I didn't know dads could be nice. Yeah. And Oof. like every once in a while you hear something and you're just like, I need to take a second. Like that was kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And doing the days with dads was such a, a fulfilling thing again because it's just you're doing something that you love to do dad shit and then you're doing it for a group that appreciates it and that some of them needed it so i mean you know it's kind of a slam dunk Heck yeah and like now i'm um so i volunteer for the ray ali memorial project and we just got a statue my buddy ray um erected on veterans day this past just so just a week ago from when we're recording this so that was insane you know jojo sason watching him like he it's weird when somebody comes to you with an idea it's kind of like when you go see kids that you don't see very often you're like holy shit like you grew up a lot like Jojo told me about the idea and I'm like, okay. And then I came to a few meetings and I helped out here and there. And then all of a sudden there's the fucking statue. I'm like, holy shit. (laughs) There it fucking is. Like, it's crazy. And I volunteer with uplifted care because I just believe in what they're doing. And I also are, I'm a board member for uplifted care, board member for Reale, board member for Mantino chamber. And we started a mentor program up with the Mantino chamber, which we got to do today, uh, which was also really cool. We got to take kids around to some local businesses and just let them hear the story of the business owners. Like, Hey, you know, I wasn't a straight A student. Like maybe I didn't do everything right. Maybe I, I made some mistakes and it's fine. And now I own a business. Like it's just letting you know, yeah. it's okay yeah. if you don't have everything figured out. So, I mean, again, I don't know if maybe that means I'm an overgiver, but like, I like doing those things. I feel like I'm contributing to my community and that makes me feel good. Cause that's what I wanted. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So I'm a big fan of that. Um, if you are out there and you want to start giving, uh, you can go to volunteermatch.org, which is a website that matches people with causes, or you can volunteer with Let's Catch Up or Fat. Uh, how do people find Let's Catch Up and and what can they do if they want to get involved? So first thing is it's ketchup like Heinz ketchup. So yep. It's not like ketchup. It's cat K E T C H U P. So uh, Facebook is probably where we're most active. Mm-hmm. So we're on LinkedIn and Facebook. If you just search let's with a K ketchup uh, and Facebook, you'll be able to see like all of our upcoming events and all those kinds of things. And then obviously let's catch up.org is our website. Kind of, if you want to see you as a part of organization or why all those kinds of things that'll be there. Um, and then we are, um, this isn't too public. We're kind of working on this right now, but we have a potential or a possibility of at least starting with a monthly mobile food pantry, partnering with Northern Illinois food bank in the Pembroke township area, um, possibly from January to June on a monthly basis. Um, it's looking like potentially the first Saturday of every month. Now this is tentative. There's still a lot of uh, things in play, but it's close enough to being a thing that I think it's worth at least mentioning. So um, if you want to reach out to us um, at let's a team at let's catch up.org, 
if you want to volunteer for any of those. What we want to do is we want to build out kind of a Rolodex of volunteers so we don't, like you said, burn anybody out. Yep. Um, and then if we can make this work where we have roughly 10 to 15 volunteers at each uh, thing, then when the mobile food pantry in tier one spots in Kankakee County, we'll provide, I think, up to three a month. Wow. So again, that's like way far right, in the right, future. Right. I want to make sure this works. I want to make sure we're not burning anybody out first. Yeah, and I want to yeah, make sure yeah. that we have a system. That's a cool goal. But, you know, so we're going to see how this plays out. And then, you know, you get data and you adjust and you do things like that. So I think if you guys look into it uh, to volunteer, that's definitely one thing. Um, and then if you want to give to... Obviously, to Let's Catch Up, you can always go to our website and click donate. But if you want to give, we have another initiative. Uh, we sponsor care closets in local districts, which provides food, hygiene products, uh, you know, clothing, socks, underwear, stuff like that to uh, social workers in the districts that we partner with. And then those social workers distribute it to the care closets that are in their districts, which are just pretty much repositories for those items. And then... Um, you know, they hand it out. So there's the anonymity, no shame. They usually put it in their backpacks. No one knows about it. So if a kid has food needs and they need food over the weekend, that's provided. If they need toothpaste or toothbrush or shampoo or stuff like that, or, you know, whatever, um, you know, we have, uh, th they would be provided to them, you know, without us knowing who it is. We just give it to the school district and, and trust those people to, to distribute it. But we have drop boxes all over. We have it at the damn tap. We have it at OTR. We have it uh, drop boxes at New York City Deli. We have drop boxes at uh, Fit Body U and Fitness Premier Bourbon A, and then the Kankakee Iroquois Mental Health uh, Group. They have a, a location in Kankakee and Mantino. They're both there. And I think for now, that's all we have, but and I just wanted to plug that as well. What all can you put in those drop boxes? So again, so clothing. So any kind of clothing that you can think of, but we're thinking socks and underwear. Um, New used. Uh, uh, <laughs> you, no, yeah. Oh, no. Only dirty a, clothes. That's all dude, we take. No, yeah. Because, okay, at, I do stuff with the veterans home all the time, and people will donate like lightly used clothes, like hoodies and coats. No, that's and fine. Stuff. But yeah. like, it was just like socks and underwear. I was like, who's going to donate used underwear? Like, use socks. <laughs> we only wore it once, bro. <laughs> But my, my wife was uh, was mentioning that, you know, she works with a bunch of of like third grade boys. So sometimes, you know, sweatpants, you know, boys sweatpants, stuff like that. Um, you know, yeah, used, you know, used, maybe not used lightly underwear. Used. Yeah, lightly yeah. used. Lightly used yeah. sweatpants, but maybe not lightly used uh, underwear. That's is fair, that a fair guess, uh, compromise right there? <laughs> Fucking <laughs> pussies. <laughs> <laughs> You've not lived until you wore another man's underwears. <laughs> Things were tough when we were kids, bro. Uh, okay, so, so new clothes for the most part. Yeah. Hygiene yeah. items. Um, yeah, hygiene items and then non-perishable food that, they, you know, social workers can throw in kids' backpack over the weekend. If maybe they don't have as much food at home, they can just throw it in. They have something to eat throughout the weekend. And that does happen. Trust me, like I've, when I worked at Camelot, there was a lot of sad stories where, you know, we were just shoving granola bars in kids' backpacks, you know, like, dude, you get you for this weekend, man. I got you. See, again, it's like doing the stuff with sleep in heavenly peace. You don't know it's a problem. Sometimes you didn't know, like when you told me about what you guys were doing, like you said earlier, I didn't know that it was a fucking problem. I had no idea dude. until you told me about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's so many problems like that. 
where you don't understand how big of a problem something is just because you're lucky you're just not in that community you're not in that problem you're not whatever it is but like yeah uh, in some of the house some of the beds that like we would deliver with sleep in heavenly peace you're like man yeah like is there more we can do do you need anything else yeah you know what i mean so it's very cool that you guys are branching out and doing this and doing the care closets too you know what i mean yeah, so no. are that there was my wife's idea so i can't take credit nice. for that, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well are there any other events coming up for let's catch up any fundraising anything that's coming up uh before the end of the year okay so bradley pto has a fair coming up my wife like makes earrings and mm -hmm. then she sells them and all the profits go to let's catch up nice she like does it all herself because yeah. i'm terrible at that stuff i would just break <laughs> all the earrings <laughs> so she like literally buys it at like a huge bulk rate and then like make yeah it makes everything so so it's super cheap and then so yeah it's only five bucks an earring they're they're all like uh holiday themed so we'll be at the bradley pto from nine to two uh, craft fair. I don't know exactly where it is, but if you look it up on Facebook, I'm sure you find it. And then um, we have our Christmas tree is going to be in the mall. There's like a Christmas tree thing at the mall. Yep. Um, and I think we have January 17th will be at Culver's. And I think that's, I'm sure there's something I'm missing. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, there's I'm always missing. other yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. There's always a billion things going on at once. Yeah. But like you said, all that can be found at your website. Yeah, or, or let's catch up on Facebook. Let's just search let's catch up and Very most cool. of that stuff's there. My wife uses a monthly calendar on there to let you know what's coming up. I love that. That's yeah, a good she idea. does all the social media. She's a Canva genius. So. <laughs> well, okay. Well, thank you very much again, man, just for taking the time to come on here. It means a lot. We love what you guys are doing. Uh, we're following what you guys are doing, and it's just really cool to get to watch you guys grow and be able to take care of more, more schools, more student lunch debt. Like, it's fucking amazing what you're doing, man. So Appreciate thank you it, for that. Uh, Brad, Bradley, what do you have anything else about giving, man? Anything else you wanted to share? Any hopes, dreams? Anything? No, man. I'm good. You with your fucking brand new underwear. No, I'm just. <laughs> I was. Listen, it was just the underwear. I hope that you. That's fine. <laughs> Little fucking Lord Fauntleroy over here. That's fine. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you get a chance to listen to it before Thanksgiving and and get into the holiday spirit a little bit more. Please make sure you check out Let's Catch Up on their Facebook page and is it Let's Catch Up org. Let's catch up.org is the website yeah, and let's catch up.org. And we'll have links for that, uh, in the notes as well. So until then, we hope that we helped you go from being freaked out, insecure, neurotic, and emotional to truly being fine. Thank you again for listening and take care.